This is Crucial Tech, a podcast about technology that affects all of us in a format that allows you to consume it in the time it takes to go to and from the grocery store. I'm your host, Lou Covey, and I probably know more about it than you do. And if I don't, I know someone who does. But first... Today we're talking to George Finney, the Chief Information Security Officer for Southern Methodist University in Dallas, Texas, and the founder of a company called WellAware, which helps uh, people, organizations, and companies uh, figure out better ways to keep themselves safe. He's also written a book uh, called Well Aware, which we will get into in this discussion. Uh, apologies for the sound quality. We had a technical issue that I had to record this on my iPad. That's what it sounds like. But I contacted George because of the issue that's popping up around uh, the security world about whether we've reached peak ransomware. And I thought uh, George would be a good guy to talk to because he's not necessarily selling anything, uh, but he is involved in the process of protecting his organization from ransomware. And a few things have happened since then. Several of the ransomware gangs that disappeared shortly after the, uh, uh, the last big hack uh, that affected uh, hundreds of companies, uh, they've been popping up again under new names. And so uh, we may not have reached peak ransomware, but we may have seen something change. And with that in mind, let's go to the interview with George Finney. Question that's on my mind is that I've been noticing in a lot of discussions on Twitter in the InfoSec community that some people are thinking that we've reached peak ransomware. One of the evidences of that is that the ransomware gangs are disappearing from the dark web. I've talked to a lot of people, and some people say yes, and some people say no. Uh, so when I got the call from your publicist about being able to talk to you, I thought, well, this guy is not necessarily looking at it from a technology area. He's looking at it from a cultural area. Maybe you might have something interesting to say about this. So have we reached peak uh, ransomware? You know, that'd be nice. I mean, right, Lou? Uh, you know, I mean, I, I'd love to be able to work myself out of a job. Uh, but uh, I, I mean, it. It, it it would it would stretch the imagination uh, to 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 think that this problem is just going to go away, um, and you know I mean so I've I've heard similar reasoning that you know some of the some of the work the Biden administration is doing now in response to things like Colonial Pipeline uh, is 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 forcing the, the the bad guys to shut down, and you know I I look at it a little differently, right? So we know. Uh, that uh, uh, ransomware, uh, uh, you know, uh, I think was uh, last year in 2020, uh, victims paid out something like 18 million dollars or to 18 billion dollars, um, right? And we know over over time, you know, starting uh, when ransomware first started out, you know, it, it's ramped up every year since then. So just like any other business, like uh, you know, your, your your corporate Fortune 500 publicly traded company wants to have you know, 20, 30, 50% revenue growth in a given year, um, why would we think the, 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 the bad guys are going to be any different? Um, you know, certainly they, they, they want to stay under the radar, um, but maybe that means rather than attacking, uh, you know, critical infrastructure, that, that's going to just force them to, to attack, you know, smaller organizations that, that, that have forced defenses. Um, you know, why do we think that they're not reinvesting in their business 
uh, to go out and buy new zero days uh, or, or, or you know, a, a, a invest in automation to, to scale more. Um, I, I, I think there, there's no evidence to, today to, to say um, that, that, that they're shifting gears. And, you know, frankly, you know, disappearing from the dark web, you know, could mean they're, they're shutting down um, or it could mean they're shifting gears. They're, they're no, that they know that, uh, that the good guys are watching them on the dark web and, and, and they're going even deeper underground. I, 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 th I think, you know, un unfortunately, we, we, we won't know the answer in, in, until the next big ransom hits us. Yeah. That's kind of what I've been figuring out. Uh, on the other hand, we've got a, a large group of people that are saying the only way to stop this is to absolutely outlaw the paying of ransoms. Which to me kind of hits as, okay, let's punish the victims and without any kind of effort to apprehend the people that are actually committing the crime. You, you know, I, 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 I'm going to try not to get on my soapbox here, but there's a lot of heartburn there over paying ransoms, right? We, we know that that's going into the, bat, the hands of bad guys. Um, and, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I'm going to, you know, hold uh, uh, our cyber risk insurance folks uh, to feet to the fire a little bit, right? When you, when you think about car insurance, right? Uh, you know, you pay to get your car fixed, and, and and that's great, um, but you're you know you're typically paying body shops, you're paying car dealerships to to go fix your cars. Um, you know, I, I think if people understood um, that their insurance premiums uh, were going to fund you know terrorist groups or cyber criminals, um, I, I think the the you know the industry you know would would radically change. Um, and and again, there's there's a lot of victim shaming going on, uh, but oh my gosh, I, you know I I think the way that Cyber insurance companies are facilitating, uh, you know, the 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 funding of terrorists. Um, I, I think is 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 horrifying, and and you know we we ought to do better. Um, and and you know I, I think they're, you know, banning ransomware payments, restricting them somehow. Uh, you know, it, it, it's it's going to be very complicated to do, but it's going to be something that we have to rise to the challenge to to figure out a way of of, of both protecting the victims, helping them recover, uh, as, as well as shutting down the, the, those foreign groups that, that are doing it, or domestic for, uh, for that matter. We, we don't really know. So essentially you're saying banning ransomware is an over, oversimplification of the solution. I, I, I really do. Um, you know, and you know, I, I think we, you know, we, we, we know that it, it's devastating to a company to, to lose computers. Um, but you know, I mean, ransoms aren't the worst thing that could happen, and and I worry about the evolution uh, of, of where ransomware could could go. Right? We know uh, from the Sony Pictures attack back in uh, in 2014, 2015, um, the the malware that they installed didn't encrypt the computers for Sony. It actually physically destroyed the de the, the devices, and they had to go out and and get new devices. Right? So, I, you know, I, I I'm probably not giving the bad guys any ideas here, but you know, we know there's a global chip shortage, right? Uh, mm -hmm. the, the next version of ransomware, you know, could say, you know what, the bad guys know you're just recovering from, from a backup. Um, you know, this ransom, you know, the countdown could be, we're going to destroy, physically destroy your computer. And, you know, it, you know, it's going to take you three, four, you know, six months to get a replacement computer. Um, that could be hor horribly devastating to an organization. Um, and, you know, we've got to get out ahead of this. Uh, and, and 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 start, you know. I, I think being proactive. I think law enforcement certainly seems like they're stepping up their 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 game a little bit. Um, uh, but th there, there's there's more that all of us have to do. 
One thing that I've been taking a look at over the past couple of years is the move to double extortion. Yeah. And it seems to me that if we went ahead and did what, you know, there are four states that are actually doing some sort of banning of ransom, uh, paying the ransom to some, some degree, some absolute, some not. And they're talking about it in the federal legislation, and they're talking about, I think, in 37 different countries. So we're kind of down the road toward banning it. But the supposition that I've been hearing, and I'm reporting in the article I'm writing, is that the cyber gangs are actually starting to evolve now and maybe switching all the way from uh, encrypting the data to just stealing the data and then extorting money for, for not revealing the information. And that in itself causes a problem because even if you find them for paying the ransom, the fine for having that data leaked according to the GDPR and the CCPA might be even greater, an order of magnitude greater yeah. than any fine that would be imposed. You know, I mean, on, on thinking about ransoms and, and banning payments, you know, really reminds me of uh, of, of what the United States did in, in the 1970s around anti-bribery uh, laws. Um, and, you, you know, I, I think, there, again, other, other countries haven't necessarily implemented those. We, you know, we, we were, uh, you know, one of the leading countries in doing that. And, and we did it uh, because we wanted to uphold a certain set of values. And, and I think that's that that's that's the way we've got to approach it, um, and you know, again, we can't approach it the same way we do privacy laws, having you know fifty different iterations of, of, of rules that maybe we have to follow. Um, but you're right; the, the the double extortion problem is, is an evolution uh, of, of ransom. Right? Five years ago, we knew ransomware was a problem, but we we kind of assumed. Well, you know what? Maybe you know maybe they'll go more the crypto jacking uh, route. So they're, they're they're stealing CPU cycles and power, uh, but they're maybe flying more under the radar. This is the 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 opposite. Um, it, it it definitely seems like you know, every year they get more aggressive uh, and 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 more impactful. Um, and I think again, privacy laws w will have to evolve as well uh, to take this into account, right? You know, you, you, I don't think it, it, it's right to put a company out of business. With regulatory fines, um, you know, if instead we could have, you know, had better security up front, uh, and you know, we, we've got to find ways to to, to get better. Uh, and and I, I think again, you know, my my book Well Aware, we talk about, you know, the human side of that. You know, looking at you know psychology and neuroscience, and you know, similar to how Stephen Covey had his you know, uh, uh, seven habits of highly effective people. I mean, I, I argue that there are nine cybersecurity habits that if we follow those and follow the examples of, of other great leaders that have, uh, that, that have done, you know, uh, awesome things uh, to protect their communities, their companies, their organizations. Um, you know, I, I think that's the way we improve. And the challenge in cybersecurity is just, we, we play our cards close to the vest, right? So a lot of the folks that I talked to or, you know, for the book that I interviewed, uh, we're under NDAs, or they have to run their their statements through PR uh, uh, departments, and they 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 couldn't go on the record. Um, and and the more that we can't share, um, you know, I, I think we're again just that that further step behind the bad guys because we know that 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 they're sharing information. There's a whole you know marketplace of 
of, of collaboration with them to, 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 to both get in and exfiltrate the data as well as, uh, you know, kind of sell the data on the back end. Uh, you know, we as defenders uh, need to come together in, in a community, uh, both, you know, again, in, at the Fortune 500 level, as well as, you know, small to medium businesses at, 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 at a much more local level. Yeah, and that's uh, that's kind of the, the direction that we take with Crucial Tech and with Cyber Protection Magazine. We're looking more at the bigger part of the problem, which is the small to medium businesses and individuals who don't understand this stuff. Uh, and just so you know, before this interview, I took your test. Oh, awesome. And I came out as a cybersecurity enforcer. Fantastic. Yeah, so, you know. Yeah, uh, so, yeah. But the thing is, I'm fascinated by this stuff. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, you know, I've talked to my, my business partner. And one of the things we realize is that if you have to require somebody to do more than two things, they're probably not going to do it. And so you've got a list of nine things that they should be doing. And I'm just thinking, this is not going to go well for the general public. Well, and, and, and that's why I built the, the, the personality test, right? So yeah. you, you can go to my website, wellawaresecurity.com um, and, and, and take the, the, the free test. You just have to give your email address. Um, but it, it, it does, that, that's, that's actually why I developed uh, the, the, the personality test is, you know, people who read the book were like, okay, um, I've got these nine habits. Uh, yeah, that's a lot. How, what, where, where, do I, where do I begin? Where do I start? Um, yeah, I understand that there's a there's a habit loop. I understand, you know, that works in other areas of, of, of life. Um, but really, you know, uh, one of the observations that that, that, that came out of a masterclass I did for the for the book was uh, the first four habits are all internal, uh, right? They're, they're things that you do inside mm -hmm. your, your yourself by yourself. Um, and the final five habits are all external, right? Because we we're, we're, we don't operate in a vacuum. We're always connecting with other people. And so the, 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 the personality test actually helps you identify um, your biggest internal strength as well as your biggest external strength uh, to, to help you know, give you an entry point and, and help build your identity around uh, you know, where you need to go in security. And, and I think, you know, again, small business owners, right? You know, uh, medium-sized enterprises, uh, you know, people are asked to do so much um, and security is scary, right? I think it turns a lot of people off. So mm -hmm. if, if I can help you in a non-technical way, understand what your strengths are, what you, what your, where your, maybe your values are. Uh, and, and when it comes to security, we're all different. Um, and I, I think if you can focus in on those things that you already do really well and, and, and start to, to help build those, that, that'll have this, this you know, uh, domino effect on every other aspect of, of, of your security, the way you, you run your business or the way that uh, you protect your, your, your family at home uh, from, from, from cyber criminals. So let's talk about that. That's, that's an interesting uh, statement about you know, protecting your family at home because you know, you've kind of talked about building a team, but when you're talking about a family of four, you know, you're not going to really build a family, a, a cybersecurity team out of that. So how does that work? Well, you know, you, you don't necessarily get to pick your fam uh, your, your family, right? Um, you could maybe one uh, of, of them, uh, and you know, you're probably picking for different reasons other than security. Um, but every, everything starts at home, right? And, and even you know, when when we educate folks in the workplace, the the way that we start motivating them um, is is by things that are personal to them. So 
you know, when I think of personal things that, that I can connect with, it's, hey, how do I protect my kids? Um, uh, you know, we know with, with the pandemic, um, a lot of kids have, have been, you know, learning from home. Um, and that means, you know, that, that they're, you know, school devices that maybe aren't secured up to, to yeah. the standards, uh, you know, are, are in your networks. Same with maybe your spouse's d- device. Um, so, okay, um, you know, we're blurring the lines a little bit, but if, if I can, you know, help you understand what, what, what the things that are valuable to you that, that you need in the moment, um, you know, I, I can also tap into, uh, you know, your own career, right? So I, I really do think that even for non-technical positions, you know, if, if you want to be a, a CFO one day, or if you want to be a vice president of sales, um, you're going to have to show uh, some some acumen when it comes to cybersecurity. It's not just an IT practice anymore, right? We know that CEOs are being fired for not getting cybersecurity right, for not protecting their organizations. And, and we see them out there blaming interns, right? So, uh, oh my gosh, you know, I mean, when I, when I hear a CEO making a statement like that, it's, it's it, you know, it's tantamount to me to just, you know, admitting negligence on their part. Um, and you know you, you can't you know you know gain your customer's trust. You can't gain your 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 family's trust if, if you're doing a bad job. And I think everyone needs to have a way to to understand cybersecurity in in a way that it, it isn't scary. That's not technical. That that gives them uh, some ability to 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 have hope because we we know that 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 fear shuts people down. It, it tends mm-hmm. to to get them to to avoid doing things, which there are lots of things that we need to get them to avoid doing, um, but we also need to inspire them. We need to get them to believe that they can help make a difference in order to, to get them on board uh, to help make a difference. Yeah, and that's the challenge. I mean, I just uh, was doing a, an audit yesterday, and I noticed that there was uh, a uh, a device connected to uh, my internet here at home that was sending out a tremendous amount of information, like a gigabyte. <laughs> And I, I did some more research, and it turns out it's a piece of adware mm. that's actually identified as malware because you it, it gets inserted without your permission. But it's in the uh, Xbox One and uh, my son's uh, PS5. Yeah, wow, wow. And I, and I went in and told him, okay, we're using up a gigabyte of data every month from this one piece of adware on your machines that we could – shut down and his response was oh that's just the way video games work <laughs> right so so i mean i mean that's really the challenge is getting people to actually you know to un- not only to understand that what they're doing is not secure but give them the desire to do something about it and that's the hard part absolutely that yeah yeah and and you know again i i think you know if if you're going to do anything in your life right you have to believe that you're the kind of person that does those things, whether it's exercising regularly, waking up at 6 a.m. to go for a run, you have to believe that you're the type of person that, that, that does that. And I think, you know, we, we've closed that that avenue off a little bit with security by, by making it, you know, some something super technical and, and, and scary. And I think in, instead we need to broaden the, the, the conversation. We, we need to welcome people in, in part because, uh, you know, I, I think there's there's a danger in security that, that we're in an echo chamber, right? We're all saying the same yeah. things and agreeing and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we're having that 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 conversation in a vacuum. We're, we're not bringing in our business leaders. Uh, you know, we're, we're not, you know, co, 
uh, partnering with, uh, with other nonprofit organizations that already connect in, in, in communities. And I think you know, the, the more we can do that, the more we can secure everyone in, in, in our country. All right. So here's your chance to plug your book. How do people get it? Hey, uh, it, it, uh, well, thank you for that. Uh, uh, it, it's called Well Aware, Master the Nine Cybersecurity Habits to Protect Your Future. Um, it's available on Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, Target. Uh, you know, we're, we're in uh, uh, bookstores, airport bookstores across the country. And uh, my, my favorite place to read is actually Audible. Uh, so it's it, it's available as an audiobook to, to, to download. So uh, I, I definitely recommend checking it out. And if you do, uh, uh, please post a review. That's it for this episode of Crucial Tech. Thanks for listening. And uh, I recommend going and picking up George's book. It was actually um, a quick read and pretty easy to do. And if nothing else, take the test and find out where you are as far as your concern about security and your practices. Again, this has been Luke Heavy with Crucial Tech. If you have any questions or comments, you can go to anchor.fm slash crucial tech. And there's a button on that page that allows you to do a, an audio uh, comment or question that we might end up turning into an, an episode. You can also contact me at cyberprotection-magazine.com, uh, where I write as the U.S. editor. And uh, I hope you've enjoyed this uh, episode. Uh, stay safe out there. This has been a Footwasher Media production.